the blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. And John Spees. Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no-holds-barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, John Spees. And I'm your co-host, Adam Spees. Today, we have two admirable adversaries qualified to conquer our quaint queries. In one corner, he's saving our butts by jumping on this call last minute. It's Big Daddy Addie Lewis. Hello there. Addie, welcome back to the show, and uh, remind the folks a little bit about you. Oh, thank you very much. This is extremely last minute. Um, I'm Addie. If the accent doesn't give it away, I am from Scotland. By day, I do government admin stuff. By night, lots and lots and lots of trivia, hence hence being willing to jump on a podcast with absolutely zero notice. And we thank you. Yes. In the other corner, you'll remember him from such podcasts as Blast From Our Past, Nerd Off, and Trivial Warfare. It's Brian, not Troy, McClure. Hey. Brian, welcome back to the show. Remind the folks at home a little bit about you. I'm Brian. Uh, I'm, yep, been on this podcast. Uh, live outside Raleigh, North Carolina, <laughs> and uh, working my way through movies. Many, 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 many movies. The Warner Brothers collection, right? Yep. All right, folks, let's learn how to play the game. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants, but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. All right, before we get started, I, of course, want to know our contenders just a little bit better. And uh, since we are coming up on the great, probably my second favorite holiday, that is Halloween, I want to know, what is your favorite Halloween candy? Um, my favorite Halloween candy is favorite candy altogether year-round, not just for Halloween. That's uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, preferably frozen. Okay. Interesting. Uh, I'm going to pretty much guarantee that I will not be going first in this, but I'm nonetheless going to give the true answer. Uh, you can't get it over here, which is a real shame, but I'm a sucker for candy corn. I honestly, genuinely love this stuff. All right. Well, this is uh, a fairly easy for me because I'm right there with you, Addie. I love <laughs> me some candy corn. It's so decisive. I, I really, decisive. I don't, I do not get the hate. Uh, also, I hate Reese's peanut butter cups. So that that's help. impossible, John. You're a freak if you no. hate Reese's peanut butter cups. I, I, I love Reese's pieces. Hate peanut butter cups. No, no. Yeah, you're, no. you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you're so wrong. Well, unfortunately for you, I'm right since I'm hosting. Yeah, I know. All right, Eddie, you uh, you get to pick your first category. Which one would you like? Uh, I will go for movies, please. 
Okay. And your decade is the 80s. When you cast a Grammy-winning singer, a famous director's nephew, a presidential candidate's cousin, and throw in Danny Aiello for good measure, you get what 1987 romantic comedy? Uh, could you repeat the question, please? Sure. When you cast a Grammy-winning singer, a famous director's nephew, a presidential candidate's cousin, and throw in Danny Aiello for good measure, you get what 1987 romantic comedy? should have something here, but I'm not good on romantic comedies. I'm sure this is completely wrong for many reasons. I'm just going to say When Harry Met Sally. I honestly don't have anything better. When Harry Met Sally is incorrect. Brian, can you steal? No. The Unfortunately, the only Danny O movies coming to mind right now is Hudson Hawk. And I'm almost positive that's an it, but it's all I'm going to go with Hudson Hawk. Hudson Hawk is also incorrect. Adam, do you think you have this one? No. No. All right. No. Well, so we got Danny Aiello. The presidential candidate's cousin would be Olympia Dukakis. The famous director's nephew would be Nicolas Cage, Nicolas Cage Coppola. And the Grammy winning uh-huh. singer would be Cher. And that would give us Moonstruck. Moonstruck. Mm. Okay. Okay. I tested that question on two people. Both of them got it immediately, and I'm just now realizing that both of those people were women. (laughs) Maybe. And they got it immediately. (laughs) Uh, All right. No points there. Over to Brian. What category would you like? Um, Let's go with TV. Okay. And we're staying in the 80s. All right. This question is brought to you by Will Dennison. Fresh off his starring role in the Happy Days spinoff, Joni Loves Tchotchke, Chachi, not Chachki. <laughs> He's a little I'm, trinket. You take him I'm, home. <laughs> I'm butchering your question, Will. Scott Bayo was the star of what sitcom that ran for five seasons, starring in 1984? I don't know of any other sitcom that he was in the 80s outside of Charles in Charge. That's where we're going to go with Charles in Charge. Charles in Charge is correct. Yeah. Charles in charge of our lives. That song has been sung a fair bit in the UK lately due to a certain change in leadership. Ah, there you go. (laughs) By the way, Will had a whole bunch more to that question, but I edited it down because it was way too long. Sorry, Will. (laughs) All right, Brian's on the board. Addy, let's get you some points. What category would you like? I will try toys and games. Okay. And it's three times the 80s. Uns, ties, <laughs> three times the eighties. Yeah, Sorry, not only did I uh, not only did the did buckwheat I version. I did the buckwheat version. Yeah. yeah, you did. All right, this question is brought to you by Jamie Toon. In 1982, Games Workshop, a British company, released what tabletop game subtitled "Mass Combat t- Tabletop Role Playing Game"? I am hoping that is the original uh, Warhammer. Warhammer is correct. Nicely done. That's what I would have went with. I'm kind of glad you got it because I wouldn't have It's by far what they're most associated with. Yes. Right. I mean, it, it, it could have been 40K, I guess, if that would have been wrong. But yeah. I knew that. Well, I knew that 40K. I knew that 40K came later. Right. And that I figured that was probably later than that. There's a Games Workshop store like 20 minutes from my house. Of course, I never go in there because I don't play Warhammer. I'd like to, but I just don't have that kind of patience. Uh, all right. We are back to Brian. Um, let's go with sports. Sports. Interesting. 
Oh my god, it's four times the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> the dice are loving it. This question is brought to you by Will Boylan. Depicted in the movie Cool Runnings, the Jamaican bobsled team first qualified for the Winter Olympics when they were held in which city? A. Are you asking the city the games were held in or they qualified in what city? Team first qualified for the Winter Olympics when they were held in which city? So which which city were the Olympics held? Okay, in? that was uh, Calgary. Calgary is correct. All right, uh, Addy, which category do you want an 80s question in next? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I will try slang. Okay. It's the 70s this time. Ha, <laughs> gotcha. What 70s slang generally means to dance, though you can also do it from place to place? Casey was your man. So I could repeat the question, please. Mm-hmm. What 70s slang generally means to dance, though you can also do it from place to place? Casey was your man. Oh, this is going to be so obvious. You know, sometimes I wish we could have reaction videos of listeners just yelling at their cars. Yeah, because I'm quite glad I can't hear that at the moment. I'm just going to say <laughs> boogie and then let Brian have it. Boogie is correct. Oh, good. Oh. <laughs> I thought I was overthinking that a lot. <laughs> nope. And I was referring to Casey and the Sunshine's band song, I'm your boogeyman, boogeyman. I figured it was Casey and the Sunshine band, but I only know one of their songs, and that's not it. <laughs> uh, nice pull, Addy. Nice pull. Thank you. All right. Brian, what oh. would you like? Um, Let's go with literature. All right. Literature coming at you, and it's the 90s. All right. This question is also brought to you by Jamie Toon. Snow Crash was the 1992 breakthrough novel by what eclectic Hugo-winning sci-fi author who became known for exploring numerology, linguistics, cryptology, and philosophy in his post-cyberpunks works? I haven't heard of it. I'm just piecing it together based off everything else of what he was known for afterwards. And I'm going on a limb and say Dan Brown. Dan Brown is incorrect. Addie, can you steal? Uh, probably not, but can I have the question again, please? Yep. Snow Crash was the 1992 breakthrough novel by what eclectic Hugo-winning Hugo sci-fi author who became known for exploring numerology, linguistics, cryptology, and philosophy in his post-cyberpunks works? Um, yeah, I don't... Male Hugo-winning authors. I don't have anything... I honestly can't think of anything. I'm just going to have to pass, unfortunately. All right, this was a tough one. I've never even heard of this author. His name is Neil Stevenson. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Addie, is your turn. Left, we got music, news and politics, fashion, and food. Uh, none of these I'm particularly confident on for one reason or another. I'll try food. It's the 70s. And this question is brought to you by Adam Spees. Hey, that's me. And by brought to you, I went back to an earlier episode and stole this question. Uh, okay. So, <laughs> but Emily, at least I'm going to credit you for it. Yeah. What baseball legend had a short-lived candy bar that debuted at the Yankees' home opener in April 1978? Not October, like one would assume. Part of the reason I took food was so that it wouldn't be to do American sports, <laughs> uh, because that was the sort of subject I was hoping to avoid. Um I don't have I don't have an answer. There's no there's no I've got no way into this. Um, I'm just gonna have to pass. All right, Brian, can you steal? I think so, but read the question again. 
What baseball legend had a short-lived candy bar that debuted at, Yan- at the Yankees' home opener in April 1978? Not October, like one would assume. I would assume then that that's Mr. October Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson is correct. Yep. It's called the Reggie Bar. It actually sounded pretty good. Had like uh, I think it was some crispies and caramel or something like that. It was, it was pretty solid. All right, Brian. Fashion news or music? Um, let's go with music. Okay. And it's the seventies. Wow, we can't get out of the seventies, eighties, and nineties. What Welsh singer released his highest charting single to date in nineteen seventy one with "She's a Lady"? I've heard the song, and I'm going to get the singer wrong. I don't think he's the only thing coming to mind is Tom Jones. Tom Jones is correct. Ah, she's that's a short question I wanted. <laughs> I knew I had to get that just because of the Welsh thing. Like, yeah, that, that's that's a gimme for Addy no matter what. Yeah. Um, All right, Addy, you got news and fashion. Uh, I'll take news, please. Okay, news and politics. And it's the 60s. In 1960, the Canadian Bill of Rights became law including the new Election Act, which allowed what group to vote for the first time? Um, the best I have is First Nations peoples. First Nations is correct. The fact that it took until 1960 is horrific. Yeah, it's pretty preposterous, isn't it? Right, but that's the only thing I could think of. Like, what? Yeah. All right, left we got uh, fashion for Brian. Adam, what's his, cat- or his decade going to be? It's the 2000s. What style of 2000s fashion drew on various hippie and high-end influences, which at its height in the late in late 2005 was associated particularly with actress Sienna Miller, model Kate Moss, and actress businesswoman Mary Kate Olsen? Okay, read that question again. I think I just went in a different route. What style of 2000s fashion drew on various hippie and high-end influences which at its height in late 2005 was associated particularly with actress Sienna Miller, model Kate Moss, and actress businesswoman Mary Kate Olsen. You say Kate Moss, I'm going to go with heroin chic, but I don't... I'm going to go with heroin chic. I don't think it's right, though. Heroin chic is incorrect. Addie, can you steal? Uh, No. Quite certain I can't. Um, the only thing I have is based on... I'm just going to say tie-dye and let it go dead. All right. Tie-dye will absolutely let it go dead, because uh, that is incorrect. Uh, it was known as boho chic, ah. or bohemian chic. Okay. Okay, fair enough. All right, that is the end of round one. Adam, what is our score? All right, we've got a pretty tight one here. Brian has the slight lead with 40 to Addy's 30. All right, Addy got to pick first in round one, so Brian, you're going to get to pick for him here in round two. What do you want to give to Addy? Um, let's give him fashion. <laughs> I had a feeling that was coming since they both very, very obviously deliberately left that to last. And the decade is the 50s. In the 1950s, pants became very narrow and were worn ankle length. Pants cropped to mid-calf were called what? Named after a male employed to undertake domestic duties. Here's a hint. It's not capris. Could you repeat, please? I will. That was kind of a wordy question. In the 1950s, pants became very narrow and were worn ankle length. Pants cropped to mid-calf were called what? 
named after a male employed to under- undertake domestic duties. Here's a hint. It's not Capri's. Um, not sure. Um, I'll just say Butler on the grounds of male domestic servant. Butler is incorrect. Brian, can you steal? Uh, Capri would have been my answer. You put that in the question. Um, we'll go just with pool boy. Pool boy. Pool boy is closer, but unfortunately incorrect. They were called houseboy pants. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I seem to be uh, catching up here on yeah. my own score. Yeah, your score is you're tied for the lead. <laughs> uh, all right, Eddie, what do you want to give to Brian? Uh, simply because I'm I'm not going to take it myself. I'll go with music. Okay. And it's the 60s. Best known for their instrumental hit, Green Onions, Booker T and the MGs were an R&B funk group that helped shape the Southern Soul sound. What does MG stand for? And bear in mind that part of it is named after a city widely known for its blues influences. What does MG stand for? I can get the M, but I'm trying to think of the G. You said the name of the band. It's not like a, a person and MG, right? What was it? Rick? Would you like me to read Yeah, yeah just read your question. Best known for their instrumental hit, Green Onions, Booker T and the MGs were a R&B funk group that helped shape the Southern Soul sound. What does MG stand for? And bear in mind that part of it is named after a city widely known for its blues influences. I feel like the G is, is what's killing me, but the only thing that makes sense is uh, just Memphis Group. Memphis Group is correct. Ooh. Wow. Well done. I had Memphis, but yeah, but outside of that. Yeah, I had Memphis, but I did not know Memphis. All right, Brian, what category do you want to give to Addy? Um, let's give Addy sports. <laughs> oh, <laughs> good one. We are clearly tar- we're clearly playing this. The give each other the ones that we probably don't. That's yeah, we're we're playing this negatively. <laughs> we're doing it that way. And it's the '60s. In the 1960 World Series, Bill Mazeroski walked off Game 7, winning the series for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who played at what field? It's named after the street that it was on and not the financial magazine. I mean, the only thing I can go for is just hope that there's a Wall Street there based on Wall Street Journal and just say Wall Street. Wall Street is incorrect. Brian, can you steal? No. What would be Financial Magazine? Uh, Schwab Field. Schwab is also incorrect. Adam, you got a guess? Uh, Only because it's the first thing I think of when I think of like kind of rich people, financial magazines. Forbes? Forbes Field is what I was looking for. Forbes. That would be the name that I'm trying to think of and it couldn't. See, I tried to give you all a backdoor in. It was there. It, was just, yep. it wasn't coming to mind. Yeah, I was not going to get a baseball question, right? Probably. <laughs> All right, Adam, where are we? Uh, I believe Addy is picking for Brian. Yes. Yep. Um, uh, TV. Okay. And it's the 2000s. No, one of Brian's least favorite decades because he was in a sub for a lot of the 2000s. All uh, right. This is, a, uh, this is a new question type for me. Uh, this is a TV 
before and after. Okay. All right? Okay, I like before and afters. I'm going to describe the before and after TV show that I'm looking for, and then you got to give me the name combined together. A desperate man robs a bank in order to free his wrongly uh, wrongly accused brother who sells meth and has stage 3 lung cancer. Prison Breaking Bad. Prison Breaking Bad is correct. <laughs> Make sure I said like, that correctly for you. Yeah. Before and afters are always nice because if you I get one of them, it'll help you lead you to the yeah. other. Yeah. All right, Brian, what do you want to give to Addy? Um, let's give uh, Addy uh, news and politics. And we're back to the 80s, finally. The Guangzhou Uprising took place from May 18th to May 27th, 1980. It pitted local armed citizens against soldiers and police of what country? The 31st biggest in Asia and 13th by population. Can you spell Guangzhou, please? G-W-A-N-G-J-U. This is one of those ones I I really should know. Uh, I'm going to kick myself and don't. Um, I'm just going to say South Korea. South Korea. Is correct. All right. Oh, good. Based on based on the orthography, basically, because that that's of spelling leads me to sort of the Korean language. Well done. Well done. But I had right. no confidence, but the sizes were uh, matched for South Korea. All right, uh, Addy. Left. We got uh, movies, toys and games, literature, and slang and food. Which one do you want to give to Brian? Uh Brian can have food. Okay. The decade is the fifties. Originally known as the Top Hat Drive-In until 1959, when they had to change their name due to a trademark issue, what restaurant's motto is, service at the speed of sound? Service at the speed of sound. I didn't think they were this old. Based on the clue, I'm going to go with Sonic. Sonic is correct. I am doing a great job of feeding Brian all the points he <laughs> damn wants. This is not what I was trying to do here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's worse is I've known most of his questions as well. All right, Brian, what do you want to give Daddy? Um, let's uh, go with toys and games. Toys and games. Just a bunch of crazy toys and games in the 90s. In 1993... Atari marketed what console as the world's first 64-bit game system? It ultimately lost out to the art of performance of the Sega Genesis and the Super NES that released the same year. Ah, this is one of two, and I get these mixed up all the time. The Jaguar? Jaguar is correct. I got it right around. I get it mixed up with the Lynx. Um, But no, I went the right way, fortunately. I've always been the handheld game or more out of it but i was i had an atari st way back in the day uh but mostly i've been nintendo since then i'm glad you got jaguar because it's the only thing i had so if that would have been wrong i would have had no other guess and it was like <laughs> did they make the jaguar was at sega <laughs> all right addy we got literature slang and movies uh, i'll give him slang all right the decade is the 60s. If you were a weird one in the 60s, you'd let what fly to let everyone know. Read that again. If you were a weird one back in the 60s, you'd let what fly to let everyone know. I feel like the answer I have fits the second part of the question, but not the first. Um, I'm going to answer it just as freak flag. 
Freak Flag is correct. All right. Brian, do you want to give him literature or movies? Um, We'll give him literature. Yeah, I'm shocked. Shocked. Yeah, no, yeah, not surprised. I, yeah, we were both trying to get movies to ourselves, but realistically, the way this the second round was going, yeah, that was what it was. I wasn't getting it. And the decade is the '60s. What book, the first in a series by Madeline Lango, known as the Time Quintet, tells the story of 14-year-old Meg Murray, who sets out to find her father, a missing scientist who's been working on a government project about something called a tesseract a sort of fold in space-time that allows Meg and her siblings to be whizzed through the universe on their rescue mission. It would help if I'd ever heard of that offer, or anything in this question, besides vaguely the words in other contexts. I don't have anything, unfortunately. I've just got absolutely nothing at all. I'm just going to have to pass. All right, Brian, can you steal? Is that a wrinkle in time? A wrinkle in time is correct. I've heard the book, but I don't know anything about it, really. It's, I don't think it was ever as, as big over here. It saves nine, I've heard. Is that right? That's a stitch, I think. Oh! Yeah, which is what part. I'm having right now after this performance. I recently had A Wrinkle in Time read to me on a road trip. Kelly read that to me as I was driving. Nice. And just, oh, really nice. Yeah, just remembering certain things about it. Eddie, I, I just noticed, and unfortunately, I stopped drinking soda about, I don't know, five or six years ago, and I, I one, my one regret was not getting to experience Iron Brew. Uh, before I quit drinking soda. Is it as good as everyone says? I personally love it, yes. And I was handing okay. it out at SporkleCon. Uh, I had several <laughs> with me, some of which I was drinking at times where I badly needed to pick me up, the rest of which I was freely giving out to anyone who was willing to uh, to give it a try. I personally love it. Not everyone does. It's a, a very hard-to-describe drink. It does, it's a mm -hmm. unique flavor. Bubblegum cream soda is the best I've heard of description. Yeah. But that's that not that honestly kind of reminds me of, like, root beer cream soda almost yeah i would give that a shot man i've been there a couple been overseas a couple times and i never tried it and i am a soda guy you can get it in in, a, in the british section of american stores some of them well to be honest with you i thought the whole time i thought iron brew was a beer so <laughs> fair <laughs> no i have not drank alcohol for like 10 years so it's definitely yeah. not that there's a there's a brazilian soda that i used to really love called guadana and it, they, trying to describe the uh, taste of it was very hard because it didn't taste like anything else other than Guadana. So, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, I think Brian's mm. stuck with movies. Yeah. I'm yep. I'm sure he he's is. upset about that. Uh, horribly. He loves it. And it's the 90s. Euphigenia is the first name of what titular character played by Robin Williams? Say the name again. I think I know this, but what's the name? Say the name again. Euphigenia. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> is correct. Woo, was worried you might not have gotten that. No, one. it was, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know what I heard. You Virginia did Doubtfire. I, that was terrible, but so good. All right, that is the end of round two. Adam, what is our score going into the final round? All right, currently we have a double up, but with wacky wild scoring, you never know what's going to happen in the final round. Brian has 100. Addie's got 50. All right, well, let's see what category is going to go into our final round. Brian, since you were in the lead, which category would you like to add? Uh, you know me. I'm going to go with movies. Yep. And it's the 2000s. All right, and Addy. Uh, that's what I would have taken as well. I think we both knew we were one of, if one of us didn't take it, the F1 would. Um, I'll try Toys and Games, even though I've already had a video games question, so it's not like going to work in my favor. 
And it's also the 2000s. Oh, fair enough. All right. So, gentlemen, based on 2000s movies and 2000s toys and games, go ahead and write down your bids. Do you need to send them to you or? Nah, just write them down. I trust you. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah. We trust you. Yeah, if you're cheating, if you're cheating on our simple little <laughs> podcast, that's, <laughs> that's on you. <laughs> Hands are invisible. Just give me a verbal cue when you're ready. I'm ready. Yeah, I'm good. I'm looking. All right. Here we go with 2000s movies. It's the worst outcome possible for Ellen Burstyn, Jared Leto, Jennifer Connelly, and Marlon Wayans in what 2000 psychological drama from Darren Aronofsky? And your 2000s toys and games question, though much of its theme and gameplay is similar to the Medal of Honor series, what 2003 first-person shooter showcases multiple viewpoints staged in the American, British, and Soviet theaters of World War II. While our contestants are thinking about their answers, I am going to let you all know, if you want to join in the 2023 tournament, yes, I know the 2022 tournament was long and took forever and was awesome, so much fun. We are shortening things up a bit. You have to join at the $5 level, and that will give you a shot to get into our play-in rounds to be one of the 16 to make it to the 2023 tournament, and maybe you too can be a champion like Eric Eade and Scott Barber. Okay, I'm not going to get any better. I've got my... I'm locked in. Yep. Let's uh, find out what you wrote. Uh, Eddie, since you were behind, what were your answers to the questions? Uh, I'm confident in the film. I know the film is one of the most depressing films ever made. Um, it, although, it, although, I have to say, the soundtrack is incredible. Um, and Lock to Terra is just one of the most stunning pieces of music I've ever heard. But that's Requiem for a Dream. Uh, I am significantly less confident on the video games one. I should know it, but I don't. I'm pretty sure it's wrong, but the best I have is Dishonored. All right. And Brian, what were your answers to the questions? I knew Jennifer Connelly was in a record for a dream. I didn't think, I wasn't sure about the others. Um, I didn't go with that. And I think it's, I don't remember the year it came out, but I went with Final Destination. And then for the toys and games, I went with Call of Duty. All right. Well, all kinds of different answers here. Let's find out what the correct ones are. For 2000s movies, the worst outcome possible for those actors was in the 2000 film Requiem for a Dream. Mm. When I when I think of Marlon Wayans and worst outcome possible, I usually think white chicks. But sure, <laughs> Requiem is. Close. It's also based on a book, which I have absolutely no desire to desire to read, having seen the film more than once. Fair, my sins. Yeah. And the 2000s uh, toys and games question. The game in question is Call of Duty. Oh, uh, one, one, one gets the other. <laughs> so, unfortunately, neither contestant is going to be getting their bids. Let's see whose favor this worked in. Addie, since you were behind, what was your bid? Go big or go home. I had no choice but to double up and hope that um, that he missed it and also bet big for some reason. I bet all 50. All right. And Brian? Well, the only bet that made sense, I bet one. All right, Adam. Mathematize our scores and let us know who is the winner. With a score of 99 to 0, Brian McClure takes the match. Well Hold done, on, Brian. sir. Very well played. Yep. All right. Congratulations, Brian. Uh, Addy, good game. Uh, thank you so much for coming on here and saving our <laughs> <Yes>. butts. <laughs> for yes, the again. very last minute. Thank you. We had, 
massive call out to all the trivia community we knew we were like we need somebody now happy to do so i mean i went away with nothing i came in with nothing i wasn't expecting to do this i got a chance to be on the show it didn't quite go to plan particularly in the second round but hey you know it's i've got another appearance in the show to my credit this was a whole lot of fun you guys are all amazing uh, i got to hang out with brian a whole load the last couple of weeks at sporkocon which was amazing um we're looking forward to hopefully doing so again next year i've already managed to book the time of work I'm going to I'm going to try and make it next year because man I had the FOMO yeah. seeing everybody's pictures. I still got a whole amount to to put up. Yeah. I'm still jet lagged so I haven't even a chance to uh, to do that yet. But no this is a ton of fun. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, for doing this and having me back on. Awesome. Thank you very much. And Brian, any uh final words you want to leave us with? Um not really just yeah. Uh Spork <laughs> kind of meet up the whole trivia community that was there and then just shout out to Kelly who's in Germany for the month of October. And on Eddie's time for the next three weeks or close to more it. or less, yeah, one hour ahead, strictly speaking. Yeah, but yeah, it's 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 nice actually having a friend from America who is actually on my sort of time zone <laughs> right. for a while. All right, well, that's Adam, and I'm John. This was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast, or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head to head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia.